Hi everyone, this is Val Sopi. And this is Bootstrapping SaaS. In this podcast, I share my journey to 10K in recurring revenue with Claritask.com. Hi everyone, this is episode 16. Uh, this episode was supposed to be recorded next uh, last week when I announced it. Uh, but it's been a crazy wild week with a lot happening in and around uh, Claritask, me doing some consultancy work. Uh, just being with my family and things happening around that I had to really be with. And uh, yeah, so uh, I'm finally getting to record this. Um, I will be taking off for about a couple of days. And I uh, just want to recharge my batteries, be with my family, with my kids, wife for a few days. And just try, try to connect uh, for the time that I'm missing. Um, that I'm working, you know, a lot of things. Uh, half the time, clear task, and the other half time, uh, consultancy work. Um, I have two big announcements uh, that are going to happen next episode. Uh, the first one is that uh, on the next episode, I will have a guest. Uh, it's a salesperson who teaches bootstrappers and makers and founders like me and you, like us, how to sell better. Um, so that's, that's going to be a, an incredible session. I've uh, just recently uh, learned about this person and I've uh, been listening to his podcast and things it has to say, and I'm sure you're going to love what he has to say about sales in general, uh, in and around uh, SaaS products. Uh, he's done it before, so um, I'm sure you'll all enjoy it. Uh, the other big announcement is that uh, last week I announced that I have uh, ad spots now open for sponsoring this uh, podcast, this show, uh, Bootstrapping SaaS Podcast, and uh, I've already booked two um, people, uh, the first one will start next um, Friday with episode 17 and will sponsor Claire Test for the next upcoming uh, six shows. And the other one is um, uh, three weeks after. So uh, all in all, I have nine weeks booked uh, with uh, sponsors in this show, which is really crazy. Um, I'm really psyched about it. Uh, this show has been resonating, resonating with a lot of people. Uh, it's, you know, it's just, if you've been listening to the last 15 episodes, uh, it's pretty much me talking about things that I'm trying, things that I'm failing at, things that I'm succeeding with, and things that I will try, just so somebody may be trying the same thing, it will help them uh, maybe do things better uh, while they listen to my show and reflect on things that they can do better. Uh, also, when I'm doing this show, uh, it's helping me reflect on things that I'm doing uh, right or wrong. And sometimes I even go and listen a couple of episodes back just to see what I've been, what I've been trying, and just to, you know, reflect how far I've come or if I'm stagnating in a certain spot. So, yeah, you know, like I would really encourage you to start a podcast, you know, even if you have few listeners. Uh, right now, I'm about up to 200 listens uh, per episode. And when I started, I had like just a few. So um, it's really helping me connect with other like-minded people, you know, and just people that are doing the same thing that I'm doing. So I highly encourage you to do it. Uh, you can use Transistor FM for uh, hosting your podcast, the same host that I uh, use. It's run by Justin Jackson. I mentioned him a couple of times. It's really easy to use. Uh, you can just record it, upload it, and then it will publish it in all various um, uh, different uh, podcasting outlets like Overcast and Breaker and Apple Podcasts, etc. 
So yeah, uh, this was my big announcement for this episode. I'm really excited for the next episode. However, I'm also excited about this one because I have a lot to say. I have a couple you know, things that I've listed here that I want to start with and uh, I'll get right on it. Uh, the first thing is that I've been starting to uh, take some consultancy work just to keep the lights on until Claritask reaches the uh, milestone of uh, 1000 MRR. And uh, I've been really straying away from getting consultancy work because in the past, it would uh, really take me out of um, working on products or Claritask in particular. And one thing I was doing, um, I don't want to say wrong, but something I started doing differently this time around is that every consultancy work that I'm taking, I'm taking it on hourly basis. And I will tell you what uh, is the difference. So before every project I used to take, I took it on a fixed price. I would estimate it how many hours it would take me and I would price it around that time. And then I would track the time that I'm on the project. And then most of the time or 99% of the time, I would go over it. And it was usually due to a couple of factors. Uh, one of them being that I would underestimate the amount of work that it would take to finish the job at hand, uh, client wanting um, different changes, uh, you know, just going over the project over and over again and meetings and stuff. So going on hourly rates and charging clients on hourly rates, it's a completely different ballgame. And a lot of people uh, will tell you that charging hourly, it's not great because Sometimes you might be giving clients a lot more value than the time that you're charging them. However, um, for every change that comes in, for every new request that comes in, you know, client's clock is ticking. And it's much better at times when, you know, features are going overboard, requests are going overboard. And all you can say to your client is like, hey, you know, I will do this, but know that it will take X amount of hours and it'll cost this much. And that's how usually that sort of is making me manage expectations better from the client's perspective. It's making me more calm because I know that for every minute, minute that I'm putting in on that client's project, I know that I'm getting paid for. Before it used to be that I would think that the project is done and the client would come with another set of requests and then we would go back and forth that it would cost extra and then just, you know, how much extra and then negotiate that extra price. And then I would get, you know, very frustrated that it would take always longer because I probably given a discount. So this time the price is fixed and, uh, you know, I get to do the work in my own time and I report to client like how far we've gone with the time that we estimated. If anything is taking more time, I will let them know. But the clock is ticking every time. And that is helping me a lot because I'm separating my day in half. So the first part of the day is usually most of the time is clear task because I'm fresher and I want to uh, go in right away and then do, you know, either a feature that I'm working on or maybe bug fixes or support or whatever I'm doing around clear task. And then I take lunch, maybe around 11, 30, 12. And then for another four hours or so on client work. Uh, sometimes I'm working on weekends as well, like maybe a couple hours on Saturday um, at my co-working space, a couple hours on uh, Sunday from home. Uh, and that is helping me a lot with keeping the lights on, being more happy uh, with Clarity Task. My friend Helen from um, 
my online friend Helen uh, told me a couple of um, episodes back. I think I had mentioned this probably before that, you know, Claritask needs a happy vowel. Like Claritask needs me to be happy because if I'm not happy, I know that I will be making mistakes. I know that I will rush things to make a sale. So this way, consultancy work is making me serve my current clients, uh, the ones that are using Claritask on a daily basis that depend on it, and then calmly do other stuff, like do this podcast, uh, do this show, or maybe uh, revamp my website, or maybe, um, you know, even when I'm doing customer care, I'm more calm because I have some money rolling in from other sources while Claritask is growing slowly, uh, steadily. So that is making things much better, you know. So um, I have this new take with hourly rate, with consultancy work. And then I'm usually focusing on web apps. Like uh, come September, I started a project for a client who's starting a um, a post service uh, that will serve businesses, like online businesses that are here that you know need shipping services so i'm doing a whole um web app that will help them manage packages and their drivers and client side etc and i will do a simple app uh, which will be my first time doing it and i will do it in flutter and i got some courses lined up that i will take and uh, that will sort of be a learning sort of jumping board for me uh once i'm done with that i hope to learn enough to do um, a simple version of Claritask for mobile. And the good thing about Flutter is that uh, it will, um, I can make a both iOS and Android apps on, on, the same, on the same build. So that's very exciting for me. So I don't have to build for every platform. Uh, but I'm starting, you know, small steps. I'm really excited to get on app development. Uh, so that will be very new for me. I'm very excited. And I will start, uh, that sort of will start me making the API for uh, Claritask, which, you know, um, down the line, I plan to launch it for uh, clients to um, use it with Zapier or, you know, maybe somebody wants to integrate with their own product. So that will be uh, coming soon. Um, so, yeah, uh, with that said, you know, with mentioning that I have this new gig coming up and how I am dividing my time in half between Claritask and consultancy work. Uh, and it's gotten me thinking about the bootstrapping thing again, you know, like what is bootstrapping? A lot of things tied up with, you know, you're not taking outside funding, you're investing your own money, etc. But for me, a bootstrapping, the way it's making sense for me and the way I'm looking at it is that, you know, bootstrapping is sort of um, this lifestyle choice that you make, that I'm making, that I've made, where you are sort of living this... Um, this life that you have, uh, this professional life that you have a control over, where you pick the time when you're most, um, for the most part, when you're most inspired to do your work, and then um, having various streams of income. Like for now, I have Claritask on one side, which is bringing steady monthly recurring revenue. Um, on the other side, I have my my business, Bold Underline, my consultancy business, where I do uh, web app, uh, web development for clients. So that's another stream. And then this new stream, this show, is becoming another stream of mine. Uh, so this whole thing, that's bootstrapping for me, you know? Like, I know for a fact that um, there are startup founders uh, who have millions in VC money and they would love to be in our place, in my place, in your place, where we get to pick our own time and we get to pick who we work with and who we want to serve. 
and we don't have to go crazy making every sale there is and making every compromise there is. Um, yeah, there is a chance, a bigger chance that those people will have a bigger exit. But I don't think, I honestly don't think the stress of it is worth it at the end. Uh, you know, you're going to be missing a lot more time uh, with friends and family and all these other life things that really go fast. And, you know, you look back and you say, wow, you know, like five, ten years have passed and what have I done? I'm not saying, I'm not judging somebody that is on their route either, but um, talking about bootstrapping and what it means to me, I really love this lifestyle where we get to pick different streams of income and uh, uh, run the products that we want to run and have podcasts where we can be as honest as we can be without be having the board that can tell us, you know, hey, you can say that or you can say this. I'm sure if I had gotten that um, investment that I was talking about around episode six or seven, I can't remember uh, which episode it was, you know, if I had taken that, uh, that money, I know certain parts of, the po of this podcast would be censored. I know I wouldn't be able maybe to talk uh, that openly about, you know, a sale falling through or something I'm doing on the side because I would know that I have a board there that you know is sort of looking over my shoulder so um, I'm very happy uh, the way things are panning out um, I'm very happy that I get to choose uh, to do this and uh, that's what bootstrapping means for me you know like I before I used to run a bootstrapper life without you know I hate labels I honestly hate labels but since we're sort of have to put things on paper and talk about uh, specifically what we mean uh, we have to make sort of that distinction about what we're talking about. So in that sense, okay, we're putting labels for the time being. But for me, I was running Claritask and products before that as if I was, I had like millions in VC money. And I had, it was like this do or die attitude that I had to, you know, go nuts. I had to make the sale. I had to grow this many numbers and like look at my Excel sheet and have this, all this, sort of milestones I want to uh, reach. Yes, I have a sort of basic need to run my life and my family's life and, you know, for all the expenses that I have to pay and everything else after that is a, is a bonus. But, you know, we sort of, we can make this choice, you know, as a bootstrapper. It's not a do or die lifestyle. It's not even a journey, like it's not even a road that we're on. It's just a thing of, of being in, you know, where you're growing and you're making your own rules and you're working on the product that you love, uh, serving the clients that you love and, you know, just doing things that you really like. And that's very exciting for me. And uh, I'm very happy that I've come to this sort of realization in the past two or three episodes or so. So that's been really big change, you know, uh, with having consultancy work on the one side and then having... Um, um, Claritask on one side that is growing and then have this podcast where I'm uh, um, inviting sponsors to sponsor the show so I can, you know, pay the hosting of it, I'll pay the time that I'm, you know, getting this um, this show recorded and then putting everything out there, everything that is going in and around, sometimes even personal stuff like my family stuff or or whatever is happening on the side that is affecting me as a founder of this product, you know, so, um, yeah, and uh, uh, 
I guess since I'm talking about this, I was uh, going to mention a tweet from an online friend of mine uh, later on in the show. However, I'm going to go into it right now. Um, and it's from my um, uh, my online friend, uh, Philip Hoiberger. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. If you're listening, Philip, I'm sorry for not saying your last name right. However, um, he I wrote an article um, which you can, if you're looking at this on YouTube, you can see what I'm clicking on on my screen. Uh, however, if you're listening, I will put it on the show notes. Uh, so his title, the title of his article was, what if your business is neither a failure or nor success? So in the article, he talks about a product that he's running that has clients that are happy using it. Uh, however, it's not growing maybe the way he wants it to grow or maybe um, how people expect a product to grow. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? And uh, what if that's okay? Uh, what if it's fine? And my immediate sort of uh, reaction to that was that um, uh, I really liked it, first of all. It got me thinking a lot about what I do, uh, what we do as bootstrappers, you know, like what we build. And then, you know, I said that what if we're not trying to get anywhere? What if there's no journey and we're happy to serve whoever wants to come in through the door forever? Um, not trying to sound depressive about it, just that what if we're not chasing anything or competing with anyone? What if enjoying making this thing, this startup, this product, and selling to a few is the actual joy and everything there is? I come to find this is the beauty of bootstrapping. We can enjoy our own goals or lack of them. It's fine not to have goals, not to have a sort of end goal. Uh, we can do whatever side jobs to support our dreams and be happy with it all. No investor to please, no teams to extend payroll to, a few clients who love you, just like that awesome co corner coffee shop that's not trying to be the next Starbucks that plays whatever music it wants. So I just read what I wrote. Uh, you can see this on YouTube on my screen. Uh, but yeah, I was just saying like, what if, you know, I would love for Claritas to grow to a certain point, like I would love for it to be at 10K MRR, like this show is sort of aiming for, like that's the title of this show, this podcast. But there is no goal. I mean, there's the only goal is to, to help the client who is getting uh, the most value from the product right now, um, tomorrow, the day after day without having any goals, say, you know, like by 2023, 20, I will be at this point. If that doesn't happen, I will try a new product. If that doesn't stick, I will do that. What if there's nothing like that? What if we're making the money that we need to live on? What if our family's happy with how things are going? Maybe if it grows, great, you know, but this do or die attitude or this trying a product and then the product not gaining any traction in the first month or even the first year people get you know discouraged or not even discouraged but sort of oh you know i tried it didn't work but sas is hard even today because there was so much noise and the most noise is made by big players because they have the most money and they capture you your attention my attention in every medium possible on twitter on medium on quora with ads, with articles, with TechCrunch, you name it, they grab your attention. And it's so hard to break through. 
with a new SaaS product when nobody knows. But if you're making your own noise and that noise is music to someone, then you have a chance. And it's not always that the best product or the most innovative product wins. It's usually the most stable product, um, the product that offers the best customer service, the product that is secure, the clients feel safe with, that they're sure and they know for sure that people behind it, even if it's one person, is doing their job every day. You know, your clients need to know, my clients need to know that I am looking at my software every day, fixing bugs, making it better, making a feature there, improving it. They need to know that. And you have, if you have that for a consistent amount of time, people will catch up regardless what the best product out there is. If you want to start a new Slack, I'm sure you will find clients. I'm sure you will find people, but you have to stick with it and you have to support it in other ways. Um, I'm sorry I'm sounding like I've, I've never done this in this show where I'm sort of telling you what to do. But as I'm doing that, I'm also telling myself, you know, because there are times where I'm discouraged and I tell that thing to myself, you know, like you just have to keep on it. Even on days where you feel like not doing it, this is what I tell myself. Even on days where I wake up and I don't want to do anything around clarity task, it's okay if I'm just organizing my tasks. It's fine. I don't have to go crazy. I'm not doing something around clarity task where I'm not feeling good. You know, I'm not doing it out of frustration. The days where I'm frustrated, I'm trying to take off, maybe work on, on a little bit more on client work and just get away from clarity task a bit. You know, but you're still doing, you're still going. I'm still going, you know, like even if there are days where I'm maybe putting half a foot forward, not even a full step, you know, like that's okay with me. Even if I'm going back, maybe a step or two, I know that by doing the smaller steps, I will get ahead three steps or four steps or five steps ahead. So I'm always incrementally approving if it's like even 1%. So yeah, like going back to Philip's article, you have to read it. Uh, I will link to it on my show notes. I will also link to the Twitter uh, reply that I had on that article about how, you know, being happy with how things are, um, having maybe a couple milestones and being grateful about milestones that milestones that passed up to here, but also just being, making what you love, making, making what I love, serving people, serving clients, serving listeners with uh, real good information that they can use in their product. You know, things that you can share with them that you've been there. And trust me, like even if it's a competitor that is listening to what you have to say, you still don't have the same clients. People that love you will never love that other product. If they do, they weren't your client. They were their client. So in that sense, we as bootstrappers, we have this, this flexibility to be good to one another. You know, we don't have to go crazy with this um, sort of unhealthy startup culture where you take a couple of million and now you have to make 10 more of that, you know, like, and you have to make every sale and you have to compromise your own values and everything around it. And maybe, and there's examples where bootstrappers without any outside money they have gone forward and they're making millions, you know, like ConvertKit is one example uh, or Transistor is another example. Uh, so, you know, it is possible. It is possible to support your dream, what you believe in uh, with, uh, you know, other work until that thing that you're building that you love will pick up with clients that love you back. So, yeah.
That was a long, long subject, right? I'll move to the next one. So um, September is really packed for me. Um, I start my consultancy work, which I will do half a day, and then I have the other half of the day I will work, work on Claire task. So with that said, I know uh, from from the past that I can get very stressed, I can burn out quickly, I can be demotivated. So I know I have tools to sort of um, stay sane mentally and then stay healthy physically. Um, so things that I will do is I will try to work out um, and uh, run, kind of walk fast three times a week, which is enough for me in the mornings, and then eat very healthy, uh, stay away from sugars, alcohol possibly, maybe one or two times per week, a workout, not go crazy at the gym. I can just do, you know, do some simple weightlifting without doing anything crazy where I can hurt myself and uh, be with my friends, my family, have a lot of fun on the side. So I really have to take care of that part of my my sort of life because I will be very busy with uh, both products, my client's product and my product and trying to grow Claritas. So I really have to stay healthy in both mentally and physically. So those are the tools that I have. Um, and the, one of the, my biggest sort of go-to tools is meditation. And I do it 10 minutes per day. I'm not doing it right now every day. I do it maybe every other day at night. But I will try to do it more. It's only 10 minutes. I set my alarm 10 to 15 minutes. Um, and basically the way I do my meditation is that I sit in a possibly quiet place if I can. If I can, it's fine. Uh, you will learn to do this if you do it enough times. And uh, I just close my eyes and try to focus on my breath. And that's it. Not, not try to affect it. I just monitor it. Uh, just, you know, just I try to observe how my body is breathing and just maybe even count it at times. And if something comes in my head where I'm thinking, I just let it go. And then I come back to my breath. I do that for 10 minutes. And then that, is, that helps me a lot. I was trying to stay um, very positive, very alert, uh, not have many uh, distractions where I have to decide you know, being decisive and, you know, that's where my anxiety comes from, my personal anxiety, like when I have to decide on many things. So meditation sort of helps me um, be okay with the decision I make uh, and just let things flow and sometimes let decisions make themselves. You know, when I when it's a decision that is too hard, sometimes I let it be and solve itself. It's not running from a decision. It's just that sometimes a couple of things have to click around my life to have the decision make itself up, you know? Like I have features in Claritask that I can't solve and I leave them off for another time. And then as other things are building up, that feature either becomes obsolete or it solves itself somehow, finds its own spot. So I'm not trying to control it in a way, you know? So that I try to do that sort of in my life where I'm not trying to control the outcomes, where I sort of um, try to flow, you know, whenever I can. I'm not, I'm not Zen yet, like I'm, you know, making myself sound in this podcast. I get very anxious and very stressed. And, you know, I get scared too. And yeah, so these are the tools that I use, especially meditation and weightlifting and walking fast that help me stay sane. Um, and also, you know, I try to eat healthy. I'm not perfect at it. Uh, I still eat a lot of junk, uh, but I try to, you know, trying to push that away as much as I can. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's actually... Uh, Another point I wanted to cover. Um, let me see what else here I have on the list. So I talked about the tweet with Philip. Um, I'm going to check these off because I have them here on my Claritask um, list for episode 16. 
um, right? Uh, so the next thing I would like to talk about, um, I wanted to make a whole episode out of this, uh, but I don't think, you know, it would sound like very clickbaity and I wanted to stay away from that. And the subject of it was don't follow Basecamp. Um, if some of you know, Basecamp is one of the, sort of the first um, companies that um, started this whole SaaS thing after Salesforce did it as a big corporation. And then everybody followed Basecamp. I have a lot of respect for those guys, like what they did and how they do things. But every time they come up with something like with a new book or with a new uh, thought they have, um, everybody uh you know tries to follow the footsteps like um exactly as they said it so they wrote a book um last week or so i've skimmed through it haven't looked at it a lot but i hear a lot of people like you know trying to implement the same thing and the reason i said don't follow Basecamp, i meant don't follow anyone even me or even anybody that tells you how to work um these are just suggestions and what works for me works for me uh, yes, you can try to implement it in your life and in your workflow. If that works, yes, keep it. But to hear someone say something um, and then completely follow them blindly, like how they do it, uh, it's really detrimental because that works for them in their own context. Uh, so they, they announced this thing that they work in six-week increments where they have a feature, they build something in six weeks and they're done and sort of that limits them to add anything new and keep things simple, which is great. In my case, their six week is four days. I work on a feature for four or five days tops. If I start on a Monday, I'm done by Friday. If anything leaks beyond Friday, that's a danger zone. I'm complicating things. I'm not doing it right. Uh, so their six weeks is my one week, my five days. So you always have to look at the context that person is coming from. If you're listening to me the way I work and try to implement anything that I'm doing, you have to look at my context and then how I work. Maybe you're faster than me as a coder. Maybe your five, my five days are your two days. Maybe you're faster than me uh, when you think about new features and I have discovered them for your clients. So you always have to sort of wait in how that works for you and not follow anyone that says, you know, we work like this. This is the best thing that we find out. You should do it too. Uh, and even though Basecamp might not have said that you should do what they're doing. I know they had a, a lot of street cred, a lot of people follow them, everything they do. And then you shouldn't, you shouldn't follow them, you shouldn't follow me, you shouldn't follow anyone because you know how you work best. You know, you know what works best for you. Even when it comes to product discovery, maybe your methods are different than mine. Yes, it's great to open up, um, you know, books and things that people are writing about, but at the end of the day, you have your own methods, you know. Maybe you're maybe you're more intuitive than anybody else, and then you don't have to do the 12-step program that shows you how to get to the product idea. Maybe your steps are better. Maybe you do it um, the best way that you possibly can, uh, and it's better than anybody else out there. But you're limiting because you're following somebody else. So you should do it your way, you know. Like don't follow any any rules or anything that other people have to say and how it should work better because your context is different than my context it's different than somebody else's context so always have, be aware of that you know like i have I, the reason i'm saying this i'm telling myself more because i used to do that i used to follow people and say oh you know they write a blog a week or they guest post and it worked for them because 
it will work for me. And that's not the case. It worked for them maybe because they had a lot of contacts. Or maybe they had friends in different places that got them the audience that they needed. I don't, so it's not going to work for me. Maybe for me it works something else. Maybe paid ads work for me. So, you know, it's always good to know the limitations that we have. You know, the limits that or some natural, some um, artificial, but we have to know them because when we know them, we know how to break them. So, you know, I want to talk about that. Yeah. So I'm done with it. (laughs) 